Help your four-year-old find joy in learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Hi there, my name is John Marinelli of Marinelli Hypnosis. That's MarinelliHypnosis.com. And you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Another runner in the night, blinded by the light, wrapped up like a deuce. Another runner in the night, blinded by the light, wrapped up like a deuce. 
And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. 1-800-610-7035 is worldwide toll-free. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And if you'd like to see shows going back to the year 2008, you can now go to www.xzonetv.com. Exxonation, my guest this hour is Richard DeRose. We're going to be talking about Richard's new book called Brainwashed. Are you? Now, are we in the end times? You know, we look at healthcare anger, global warming, a dismissal economy, and uh, the pro- uh, prognosticators are coming out of the woodwork. You know this. Everybody's talking about doom and gloom. Whom do you believe? Well, over 10 years ago, author and investigative reporter Richard DeRose, in his book, Retail to Hell, why we need to fear the information highways, superstores, and superpowers foretold how the greatest economic power in the world would fail if it didn't change its course of action. Now the controversial talk show host and guest is back once again pointing his finger to the future. The truth is out there, and Richard uncovers it as only he can. And Richard, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you. It's good to be here. Richard, uh, are we in the end times? Well... It really depends on what you call the end times. It could be the beginning uh, mm-hmm. of a great new time, and uh, but we've got to go through some bad times to get there. And um, you know, it seems that that with the economy, with the with the oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, now they're saying nineteen percent of the uh, the Gulf is going to be uh, you won't be able to fish there. It, it's it's looking like it's going to be a major national disaster. And, and then you've got the the upheaval in the Middle East. You've got what's going on in Thailand right now. It's it's just one heck of a mess. And is this all part of the end? Well, it's part of a plan, a concept of making all this come together in a way so that there's a um, certain outcome. And that's what Brainwashed Argue talks about, you know, the, the plan, how it's going to be implemented, mm-hmm. and what's going to be the end result. Is there a connection with this plan and the New World Order? Uh, That's part of it, but the New World Order is part of the deception. Who's behind the deception? Well, that gets back to what you're kind of into a lot, and that's the extraterrestrial life out there. Mm. You know, a lot of people want to believe in religion. Yeah. Uh, Most people are somewhat religious, but um, they accept it in sort of an abstract way, you know. Uh, like, for example, if you say celestial, that's okay. But if you say extraterrestrial to you know represent the same thing, then all of a sudden you've got a problem with most of those people. They're not willing to deal with reality. But, you know, there, the, the proof to substantiate the claim that the extraterrestrials are part of this plan is, in my opinion, is still missing. Well, that becomes uh, part of the faith part, but you're into the, the big picture of, What's going on here? Mm-hmm. I saw something you actually put out yesterday, I believe, about you know the UFO activity being so slight, yeah. and you were asking for people that might know something about that. But one of the reasons that they may be not showing as much action and activity on their end mm-hmm. is because of all the chaos going on in the Earth, and so therefore they don't feel like they have to be a part of that at this point in time. You know, maybe they're starting 
Right. Countdown to speak. All right, stand by, Richard. You and I have to take our first break for this hour. Exxon Nation, Richard DeRose is our special guest. Brainwashedareyou.com. That's www.brainwashedareyou.com. And that's the title of his new book. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break as we continue here in the Exxon from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and, of course, on Star Cable. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035 is the magic number. Email X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Peter Wolford is our special guest. We're talking about the Genesis Grid. And Peter, before we went to the commercial break, uh, we were talking about how God and Christ had two numbers that were significant, the number 7 and the number 11. Yes, that's right, uh... Rob, the two leading personalities of the Bible were tagged with these simple numerical labels, which of course are both prime numbers. 
And uh, Bullinger said in his book, he said, why should it be these two numbers, 7 and 11? Why not any other two numbers? Or yeah. why two at all? Why not three? You see, Bullinger was a theologian, and uh, he was a follower of this sort of orthodox religion. And therefore, he couldn't understand why there were only two. But in my case, I feel that I came to the subject uh, with a clean sheet of paper, an open mind, and I felt that this, this was a most unusual thing because experts do not normally write books in which, by page 25, they admit, admit total defeat on a most fascinating question. So therefore, I thought, there must be an answer to this, and I think I'm going to try and find it. In fact, I found that the, the inkling of an answer was coming to me almost straight away. And so, seven years later, the answer is the Genesis group. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, what, is your, what is your background, and, and what led you to this discovery? Uh, you told us how you took this book with you to the, to the beach, and you were reading it. But what was it in your past that you were able to use from your experience to pick up the clues that were, that were being presented to you in this book you were reading on holiday? Well... Rob, I think it's got something to do with my upbringing because I've got uh, rather special and unusual parents. Um, my mother was quite religious and taught mm -hmm. me to pray when I was little, although I did rebel against that by the time yes. I was about eight years old. My father was an agnostic, and he always would take my side if I rebelled against going to Sunday school, that sort of thing. However, I did have to learn a lot about the Bible at school. Um, I think that in adult life, I've become very, very analytical. I'm a pianist. I've uh, done a lot of public performance, which requires painstaking preparation. I've also invented <clears throat> and patented products, which is a very analytical and uh, tedious process, in fact. Um, and so I, I am very painstaking and analytical. Mm -hmm. And I think also because I've had this very sort of eclectic religious experience growing up, knowing, you know, as I say, one of my closest friends at the moment is a Muslim, um, I've shown this to Hindus, I've shown this idea to all sorts of people, so I've got this very broad base. And I think having this broad base and this analytical approach certainly did help me. And as I, in the case of Bullinger, and 99% of people like Bullinger, who are sort of, if you like, mainstream religious people, they would have been blinded to the possibility of this Genesis grid because they were all believing in the Trinity, right. and they had that fixed idea of what God or outside powers would be. I, I didn't, and I think it's that it's that clean coming to the to the idea with a clean sheet and an open mind, which was absolutely essential. Now you say you found the first ever pattern in pi, the number of the circle, which is you know three point one four one five nine, and so on. Can you clar clarify this claim about a pattern? Because surely mathematicians have found a pattern in pi because its digits unfold randomly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's generally considered that uh, you could never, ever find a pattern in pi. Mm -hmm. uh, mathematicians have given up on that a long time ago. Um, however, you can do some little experiments. Now, take, if you take, for example, the number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 as a string of digits. Yeah. If you go online, and I won't give you the name of the website, but I mean, there are a number of websites which will enable you to search pi up to 200 million digits. It's very simple. And what they will do, if you put a string in, it might be that string, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or it might be your own date of birth or your wife's date of birth. You will find that that little string of numbers, whether it's four digits long, five digits long, 
that number will come up again and again and again thousands of times. And the shorter the string, the more often it comes up. Hmm. So you could say to yourself, well, I found a pattern in pi, but you haven't because there's no value in that result. It's completely random. And you could experiment probably for the rest of your life with dates of birth, uh, with national insurance numbers. You'd never find any situation where the number kept re recurring in a way which constituted a pattern. However, when you take the Genesis grid pattern, which is in the Bible, which um, Bullinger, in fact, led me to, um, you'll find, and I was shocked to find this, it took several years before I actually did this search. When you search the Genesis grid, you find that the top line of the grid, which is 1, 7, and 11, or if you like the string 1, 7, 1, 1, mm -hmm. that, where the place that it appears in pi compared to the place that the bottom line of the grid appears in pi, those two positions relative to one another and their position from the starting point of 3.1 at the beginning, that constitutes a pattern, a self-characteristic pattern. And I can say that when I took this to the academics over three years ago, uh, for example, there's a, a local lecturer who the first person I showed it to is a PhD economist with a master's degree from Cambridge in maths and philosophy. Um, within an hour, he said, yep, that's it. You've got a pattern. You've found a pattern in pi. He's had over three years to change his mind, as has another gentleman who reacted the same way. He's a Cambridge-based uh, physicist, ex-Los Alamos uh, nuclear researcher, uh, who was able to read the, New the Old Testament in its original Hebrew. Um, he he had gave me the same response. Yep, you've got a pattern. Now, these people haven't changed their minds uh, over a period of several years. So uh, there's little doubt, there's no doubt that, uh, that, that there is a pattern in pi. Once you relate the Genesis grid to pi, then there is, there is a pattern. And there is an awesome secret architectural system in the Bible that is based on these, this simple string of nine digits, which is presented in a top line of 1711 and a bottom line of 44, 40, and four, six digits. Uh, uh, there it is. It's, it's astounding. In fact, it's a very simple book to understand, believe it or not. The, the basics of the discovery are very simple. And I'm just saying that because I don't want you and I don't want your listeners to get the impression that because I'm going to PhD people to verify this, that it's in some way highly complex and only for specialists. Um, anybody who's been properly educated up to the age of about 16 will read this book without too much difficulty. All right, so let me understand. Uh, so this grid, this set of numbers, 1, 7, 11, and then 40, uh, I'm sorry, 44, 40, and 40 appears 11 times across the Bible in one form or another. Now, without getting too abstract, can you give me a couple of clear, concrete, down-to-earth examples? Yeah, I mean, the first one that would spring to mind would be, I think, the Tabernacle of Moses, and that's in Exodus chapter 26. Mm -hmm. And that tabernacle was a sort of a place of religious education, which would have been conducted on a seven-day cycle. Uh, so there's the number seven. But the tent that constituted the Holy of Holies had a roof, and the specification for the roof was that it should have 11 strips of cloth. Um very strange number. So you have 7 and 11. Now also the 
tabernacle was surrounded by uh, a border, mm-hmm. uh, a rectangle, with four sides, of course. Rectangles have four sides. But the funny thing about this rectangle that it was made up of um, 10 strips of cloth, which were 28 units, and the units of the Old Testament is a cubit, 28 cubits in length, so 10 28s. So when you look at the grid, you see that the grid itself is surrounded by 28s and 28 and 280. Uh, and of course, it has 7 and 11. So there's a stunning similarity there. Um, I think the other one that's very powerful, and this seems to be the academic's favorite, is the book of John, because in the book of John in the New Testament, one of the four Gospels, mm-hmm. Uh, the Father is mentioned 107 times, and that's far more than any other, anywhere other place in the Bible. So John is the special book in this regard. Now, 107 is the total of those six numbers, 1, 7, 11, 44, 40, and 4. The total is 107. That is a, pri- that is a prime number, and it's the 28th prime number. Don't want to get too technical without, you know, visual aids here. But suffice it to say, that amounts to a very powerful proof of the grid, because also within those 107 mentions within the book of John, they segment down into the grid numbers themselves in an organized way, which matches the grid. So the academics seem to think that that's, that's, that's the most powerful proof of all in terms of the 11 appearances but they the the 11 manifestations of the grid are all all different in character full of variety now you've said that the genesis chapter one is built on the first 31 digits of pi as it has 31 verses now these verse numbers are not in the original hebrew are they no that's correct they've been added by translators and uh scholars uh, down through the centuries, obviously the, the people who first translated the Bible, people like William Tyndale and so on. Um, however, the, if you look at the way that they match the underlying structure of the Bible, the story flow, the chapter divisions, they've been very well done. And as far as the verse structure is concerned, again, it seems to have been done very accurately overall. Um, I've never heard that the, the, the idea of there being 31 verses in Genesis ever disputed. And in actual fact, the uh, the second PhD guy that uh, studied this with me um, was able to read Hebrew in, in, the, in the original text because he learned it as a boy. Um, and he was perfectly happy with the suggestion that 31 verses. Nobody's ever disputed that. So it's an important point. But again, it, part, you know, it, it, it does pass the, the, the scrutiny of the academics. Peter, stand by. Good sir, you and I have to take uh, our news break at the bottom of the hour. Fascinating topic, Peter. Congratulations on this great research and this marvelous discovery that you've made. Peter Wolford is our very special guest of this hour, Exonation. www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. And he is the author of The Genesis Grid. I'll be back with Peter on the other side of this commercial break and the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Tomorrow clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow till there's none. Exxon Nation, a very special guest this hour. We're talking with Peter Walford from the United Kingdom. He's the author of The Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Peter, you show a figure eight on the back of your book displayed on your website and on your website at www.genesisgrid.co.uk. And this giant eight straddles the globe. Now, these are the power cuts of 2003, I understand. But why a figure eight? Well, like you, Rob, I can only guess because, of course, I didn't put them there. But uh, from the knowledge that I have gained Mm -hmm. studying into the Bible's uh, structure and so on, um, it's apparent that the the meaning of eight is actually more than one meaning – there is one meaning which is along the lines of a new beginning. And uh, if you look at the account of the flood with Noah, Noah's name has a, a, what's called a gematria value of 64. What that means is that the, the letters that make up his name have a number value, and that's true uh, in a number of languages. It's certainly in Hebrew very much so. Uh, so the gematria value uh, is 64, uh, associated with Noah, that's eight to squared, that's eight that's right. concentrated. Yeah. So eight has that association, there are in fact eight people on the arcs as well. So uh, eight, the implication is of a new beginning. Now, um, it also means if you're going to sort of wax, uh, you, you, you know, uh, eloquent on the New Testament, eight would be, and you'll hear pastors and people say this, it means redemption. So if you're going to get someone out of trouble, mm-hmm. maybe you would also invoke the number eight. So when we see a giant number eight uh, emblazoned across the, the earth in these, these, uh, these power cuts, I, that would be the get. I would attach that meaning to it. Um, and uh, I don't want to dwell too long on power cuts, but it may as well just say that these, these were very unusual. For example, the first in uh, New York was built as the biggest in history. It went right up into Canada. Yes. 
Um, people were lost to explain it. Uh, there was a power cut in London. Uh, the, the, the mayor of London, Ken Livingstone, said, we've never faced a crisis like this before. It's an absolute disgrace. Uh, there was a huge power cut in Sweden, highly unusual in Scandinavia, said Reuters. Uh, but the final one was in Rome, and that, again, was so big, it blacked out the entire peninsula of Italy. 57 million Italians were thrown into confusion because, in fact, Rome was holding a sleepless night event, which meant the shops and museums were open that night, and it was all blacked out. So these, these eight power cuts were um, highly irregular. Uh, they happened in places like Kuala Lumpur, never get power cuts there, all brand new equipment had been stalled. Nobody could make any head or tail of it, and they happened over a period of 44 days, um, which was a very strange number. Uh, and that, to me, helped me because that acted as a kind of a clue stuck in my mind, a number 44, and helps me to solve this problem. Now, you, you also say that alien powers have sent a sign to Earth back in 2003. Now, nothing has happened since, presumably... So why did they bother, and who are these aliens? Well, what I mean by the word alien, of course, is anything outside of this planet, and uh, you know, one keeps an open mind on who may have caused this. But, of course, something has happened since, because um, exactly four years to the day, according to the Bible's own system, which is the intercalate um, uh, Hebrew calendar, um, the... Northern Rock Building Society had queues forming outside of it, which was the catalyst, actually, for the greatest financial crisis in history. And that's what the experts say. Uh, Deputy Governor of the Bank of England, Charles Bean, he said, uh, this is the greatest crisis in history. You know, I could give you 20 such statements. I, I won't take the time to do that. Uh, but the catalyst for this worldwide uh, financial conflagration that we experienced was the run on the Northern Rock Bank in the UK, the first such run in over 140 years here. So it was considered highly unusual, and it panicked everybody around the whole globe. Uh, that began exactly four years after Rome was blacked out, according to the Bible's own calendar system. And it was so precise. It wasn't just to the day. It apparently was to the hour, because if you look at the time people started queuing, it was in the night um, at 2 a.m., just when the, the the power cut hit Rome, apparently due to a fallen tree. Um, so uh, that happened and sort of brought things a bit more up to date from 2003 to 2007. So it, it would appear that there's some kind of unfolding program here. Uh, as to who's caused it, why they've caused it, uh, that's open to a certain amount of interpretation. And in the book that I don't want to, you know, brush questions aside here, but simply to say that in the book I've given one of two explanations, I think, that are, are the outstanding uh, candidates to explain this. Uh, and I've made my case uh, in successive chapters as to why I think that interpretation is correct. Not everybody accepts that interpretation, and there are people who accept the evidence and accept the patterns and accept the reality of the grid, the Genesis grid, uh, but they may have a, an alternative explanation, and that, that's fine at this stage. It's, it's very early days. There, there seems to be some kind of slowly unraveling uh, scheme here. On your website, genesisgrid.co.uk, you mention nuclear holy war. So is it? are we to presume that the grid is predictive as well? 
Well, the Bible, of course, is heavily predictive. About a third of it appears to be predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, within the grid itself, there's a triple four pattern, which uh, when I was working all of this out, I didn't have predictions or prophecies in mind at all. But it, I was reading the papers and it came to mind that suddenly somebody was saying, well, they talked about the World War Two. And they said, well, this, this alliance between the Axis powers of World War II lasted 444 weeks. I thought, 444, that's a weird number. Mm. And then it came up again a few weeks later. I then, in another paper, I heard that the Tehran siege of 1978 to 1979 lasted 444 days. So I thought, well, there's a 4-4-4 in the grid, because in the bottom line, it's 44, and then it's 40. Now, yeah. when you put all the numbers in a consecutive string, you see Four, four, four. So I thought, well, maybe this four, four, four has got something to do with power, something to do with, you know, world power. So I, I, I did some research. I found that the fall of Babylon, which occurred in BC 539, uh, in the Bible, there's an account of Daniel who sees the writing on the wall. It's a famous story, you know, writing appears on the wall. A hand comes and writes some sort of message of doom, which is meeny, meeny, tekel, you fasten, uh, in the original language. Um, and, uh, that contains a triple four pattern as well. So, to me, it does seem as if, you know, there are little numerical tags being left around here um, in both ancient history and in modern history. And, of course, World War II was the greatest event, you know, we've ever seen in history. Mm-hmm. And it marked with a triple four pattern. So, yet again, I think more evidence that uh, outsiders have been controlling us uh, and controlling our history, controlling our destiny... Uh, and they, with this giant figure of eight, um, I think they're, um, they're, 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 the noose is tightening. They're taking greater control. You mentioned on your website, once again, at www.genesisgrid.co.uk, the sun and the moon and their strange ability to form a perfect eclipse. Now, do you claim that aliens have arranged that? Well, again, I mean, the alien, the word alien is a loose word here. Are we talking about uh, some power from some place or powers and perhaps some, some uh, unknown species? Uh, now, so far as the moon is concerned, um, scientists have joked about the moon. They've said, well, maybe somebody towed it into position. Yeah. Because if you, if you can Google this, of course, if you look for a viable theory on the moon and how it got to be there. there. There aren't any viable theories. There are capture theories which are not viable, for example, because if it was captured as a loose object floating around the solar system, then it would have a much flatter elliptical circuit around the Earth. So that doesn't fit. Um, it couldn't have come out of the Earth. That theory has been discredited. Nobody knows how it got there. And in fact, the moon is a very strange structure because it's much bigger than it should be for its mass. It's like a uh, a Maltese, I don't know if you have those sweets in, in the USA, is yeah. this kind of a hollow sweet, you know, full of, of little cavities, mm-hmm. which melts in your mouth. The moon is apparently rather like that, because um, NASA dropped uh, some sort of booster rocket on the moon at one stage, and it rang like a bell for six hours. So it's not constructed the way the Earth is. Um, and uh, as we know, uh, it is exactly the right diameter to completely cover the sun when it moves in front of the sun to create a perfect eclipse. Uh, that's unique in the solar system. It's probably unique for trillions of 
of miles in all directions. I mean, it's a most unusual thing. Isaac Asimov commented on, on that phenomenon when he said that, uh, he said the most unlikely coincidence imaginable. Uh, it's no coincidence. It, it's by design. And I think once you read the Genesis grid and you've assimilated all of these discoveries, you realize it has to be by design. Somebody has towed the moon into position. There's really no other way to explain it. All right, but why did they tow the moon into that position? What's your theory? Well, I would... Sorry, yeah? What is your Uh, theory? Why? Well, it created an eclipse, and I think it also created a coded message uh, with regard to the fate, or rather the destiny, I think is a more positive word, of the human race. And uh, again, sorry to invoke the book, but really, I mean, some of these things are so involved, uh, it would be difficult to explain them in any depth. But suffice it to say that I do give what I think is the destiny of the human race um, according to this discovery, and the eclipse is central to that. In fact, the grid, and you probably can't see it on the website clearly, but on the back of the book, and I'm just looking at it now, which is what appears in sort of very tiny form on the website, um, the grid is accompanied by symbols, and there are three columns, and the right-hand column is headed up by the sun, mm-hmm. the middle column is headed up by the moon, and the left-hand column is headed up by the corona, which is what you see when the moon moves in front of the sun. Uh, the most um, unlikely coincidence imaginable, as, as uh, Asimov said, or is it by design? I say it's by design in some way. Somebody has put the moon in, in the position that it's in in order to create that effect, and now... Now the uh, now the meaning of that is, is is coming to be revealed. But what about the other planets in the solar system that also have moons within their orbits? Uh, is this coincidence, or are they there by design as well? Well, they don't form eclipses, or not perfect eclipses. I mean, from time to time, mm-hmm. the moons on Jupiter will, you know, come between Jupiter and the Sun, but they won't create the the effect that we see from the Earth, which is a disk perfectly covering the face of the sun, but leaving all of the flames of the sun exposed around about for about four or five minutes every time this occurs. That is unique in the solar system. You also feature the Vatican, and uh, you say that the figure eight of power cuts across over Rome. So the Vatican is dead center, so to speak. Why should aliens or those from off this planet be so interested in the Catholic Church? Well, I think the short answer is it's just to do with power. Um, you know, when you read the papers, you read a lot about China coming up. People worry about mm-hmm. the power of China in the modern world. Of course, we used to worry about Russia. I think we have cause to worry about Iran now, probably building, well, undoubtedly developing a, a, a new um, empire in the Middle East. Uh, of course, Europe is uh, trying to, and has been for the last 60 years, trying to develop an empire in our part of the world. Um, but who the, the people who are underestimated in all of these are really the people running the Catholic Church? Because if you look, you have a sense of history. Look back down previous millennia, um, the Catholic Church have wielded enormous power in the world and have con- controlled kings at a great distance. You know, not just in Europe, uh, and have virtually been. They have been the world power uh, at, at a number of times in history. The, the premier world power. 
um, they haven't forgotten their history, and they haven't really changed. They don't believe that the Vatican, I don't think Rome ever really changes. Uh, they haven't changed. They're very interested in power. Now, if you remember the funeral of John Paul II, every power broker in the world was mm-hmm. sitting there cheek by jowl. I mean, presidents, yeah. prime ministers. You never saw a gathering of leaders like that anywhere, ever, not at the UN, nowhere. So it tells you something about Rome, and certainly John Paul II was instrumental in making, in bringing back the, uh, in restoring the, the prestige of Rome as a world power. Um, they are very powerful, and yet I also feel, and without being unkind to individual Catholics, and I have friends who are Catholics, sure. I would say that as an institution, they're very evil. H.G. Mm. Wells, during the Second World War, he was propaganda minister, he said, why don't we bomb Rome? He said, they stand for everything that's most hostile to the mental emancipation and stimulation of mankind. All right, stand by. You and I have to take our break, Peter. Peter Wolford is our very special guest. He is the gentleman behind the Genesis Grid. Take down this website, buy the book, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Peter Wolford and I will be back on the other side of this break. As the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net.
Peter Walford's our special guest, Explanation. We're talking about Peter's new book. It's entitled The Genesis Grid. His website, packed filled full of information, and you can go to his website to get a copy of the book, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Peter, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about the Catholic Church, and uh, if you'd be kind enough just to finish that point, we'd, uh, you know, you've got my ears up. Yes, Rob, what I was saying was that... uh <clears throat> Rome has apparently been targeted because the figure of eight, mm-hmm. like a racing track shape, sort of crosses over in the center with Rome in the center. Um, and I might add that this, this pattern is a very powerful pattern because if you add up the positional numbers on that uh, figure of eight, they add up to 44. Um, and the, the figure of eight formed over 44 days. So uh, there's something at work here. And... Uh, what I would say is that uh, my own impression from everything that I can understand from the discoveries I've made is that the, uh, the powers that sent this figure of eight uh, and who sent the, uh, mm-hmm. the financial uh, holocaust that we, we saw in, beginning in uh, September 2007 and who implanted these patterns in, in the Bible, they're targeting Rome for uh, a total destruction. Uh, there's going to be uh, a complete... Uh, overhaul a complete change of the way we we run things on this on this earth and uh, i think the figure of eight as i said to you earlier and you asked me what you thought eight means i yes. think it means a new beginning and i think we're in for a new beginning but so, doesn't doesn't the number eight or the figure eight when you put it on its side doesn't that give you the sign for affinity indeed it does um and uh, the, the these are these are powers that uh, maybe represent infinity or what mm. we would understand as infinity uh from outside of this planet, you know, most of the time right. we're just milling around, you know, looking at uh, looking in shop windows. You know, we don't really think of what's out there, but it's a huge place, the universe. It certainly and, is. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that the use of, uh, of of a number eight. Yeah, you're quite right. I think it could perhaps have that double meaning. Peter, uh, we're running out of time very, uh, very, very fast here. First of all, I'd like to take the opportunity of thanking you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you, sir. I wish you continued success. Please keep us in the loop on other findings that you make uh, during your quest on the Genesis Code. We'd love to hear back from you. Tell our listeners how they, tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and where they can get copies of your book, The Genesis Code. Well, it's in the usual places on the internet. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention brand names. Go ahead, but I think we all, I think we all know where we can go to get books. Uh, so it's available there. Um, I'm not selling it directly from the website, um, but that that may happen in the future. So far, I think the greatest uh, thing will be when it becomes an e-book, and that, that won't be in the too distant future, I shouldn't think. All right, so I would imagine it's on Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon.com, and... Amazon other, at the moment, yeah. And Amazon I'll be looking to, obviously... Great. And spread it out, but it's literally only been physically been available for days rather than even weeks. You know, it's a very, very new arrival here, so it's taking time to get all these things organized. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Peter Walford has been my guest this hour. www.genesisgrid.co.uk, and he is the author of the Genesis Grid. Once again, the website is www.genesisgrid.co. UK, and it's available on Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> 